Hey, Mike here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Dark Poutine early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to Dark Poutine. I'm Mike Brown, your creator and host. With me this week is my wife, Carol. Say hello, Carol. Why, hello. Is it a Christmas, Carol? It is. My favorite time of year. The views, information, and opinions expressed during the Dark Poutine podcast are solely those of the producer and do not necessarily represent those of Curious Cast, its affiliate, Global News, nor their parent company, Chorus Entertainment. Dark Poutine is not for the faint of heart or squeamish. Our content is often intense and some listeners may find it disturbing. Probably not this week. <laughs> Ooh. We're not experts on the topics we present, nor are we journalists. We're two ordinary Canadian schmoes chatting about crime and the dark side of history. Let's get to it. Put on your toque, grab yourself an eggnog and a gingerbread cookie. It's time to curl up by the fire and scarf down some dark poutine, Christmas style. Merry Christmas! Ever since we released our first episode, we have done a holiday-themed episode around this time of year. The holidays can be a notoriously hard time for people who either miss loved ones or have a hard time being around them so much. It is for those reasons that we take a break from all the murder and mayhem and try to bring you a little holiday cheer with a bit of a dark edge here and there. This year, for our fourth Christmas-themed episode, we learn about the global depictions of Santa Claus some dark Christmas traditions from around the world, and Krampus, the Christmas demon. Ooh, scary Christmas! You are listening to Dark Poutine episode 155, Dark Poutine's Creepy Christmas 2020, Santa Claus Ghost Stories, and Krampus, the Christmas Cryptid. Oh, I'm so scared! Are you? No, but jolly scared. Jolly scared? (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited. First up, 
We'll take a quick look at the criminal behind our very first Christmas episode, Santa Claus. Now, if you haven't heard that Santa is a criminal, you should probably listen to that episode before you listen to this one. So we're good with you going, downloading that one too, and having a listen. But Santa, not a good guy. Oh, Not a good guy. That is scandalous. It is scandalous, but it's true. Also, I disagree. Even if you're not in a country with a large Christian population, I bet you've heard of Santa Claus. I I can't think of anywhere on the planet where you probably haven't heard of Santa Claus. Maybe some uh, tribe deep in the Amazon. I don't know how many of those are left. No. I'm ignorant of that. So if one of our anthropologist friends could share with us, that would be interesting. That'd be awesome. I think basically if you've ever drank a Coke, you know about Santa because they go hand in hand. Yeah, pretty much. Coca-Cola is actually where the modern depiction of Santa Claus comes from. So, yeah. Not the oldie time Dutch one. No. I like that one too. Sinterklaas. Got such a nice fancy robe. We'll talk about that. To North Americans, Santa is an obese man who lives at the North Pole, dressed in red, and he fills his sled with toys and flies around the world on Christmas Eve to deliver gifts to good girls and boys, breaking into their homes, often by somehow shimmying down their chimney. And I'm thinking he's more apt to use lock-picking skills he most likely learned when doing time at some point in the big house for B&E. Not true. Magic. (laughs) Humbug. (laughs) Twinkle his nose. Twinkle his nose, yeah. Yeah. With his accomplices, the reindeer. They are accomplices in his his crime spree. I guess the getaway vehicle of dropping off loveliness. They are the baby driver. (laughs) Good one. As a child, I was certain that I had seen Santa's creepy hand close my bedroom door one Christmas Eve. I saw a hand reach in and close the door. There was a light on in the hallway, and I swore it had like a lacy glove on it. I swore (laughs) it did. Santa wears lace? That was a weird memory. It is a weird memory. Naysayers and all-around party poopers will tell you that Santa is not a real guy. But I beg to differ. He, he is a real dude. I believe you. Yeah. Santa, whose real name is actually St. Nicholas, is a very real person. Well, I guess was. Was. Yeah. Well, yeah. Santa's still around, though. So. He lives forever. Exactly. <laughs> Santa is immortal. So maybe Santa's a vampire. I was just going to say vampire. He could be a vampire or he could be a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. a little makeup. Miss Santa helps him. Maybe. It's a great disguise. It is. St. Nicholas was born in the town of Patara in Turkey sometime in the 3rd century. Maybe that's why we eat turkey at Christmas time. <laughs> there you go, literal Jim. <laughs> From stnicholascenter.org, quote, At the time, the area was Greek and is now on the southern coast of Turkey. His wealthy parents, who raised him to be a devout Christian, died in an epidemic while Nicholas was still young. Obeying Jesus' words to, quote, sell what you own and give the money to the poor, Nicholas used his whole inheritance to assist the needy, the sick, and the suffering. He dedicated his life to serving God and was made Bishop of Myra while still a young man. Bishop Nicholas became known throughout the land for his generosity to those in need, his love for children, and his concern for sailors and ships. So, if you're an atheist... Please don't turn our episode off right now. We're not saying that we are espousing any of the beliefs in this, but yeah, I think it was a good thing for him to do. He was a a nice guy. Yeah. 
It yeah. sounds like it. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, just don't get hung up on the G word because it's going to be in it. here. <laughs> it's going to be in here because it is J word's birthday. It is J word's birthday. J word! Stories of St. Nicholas' good deeds, generosity, and love of children have survived for centuries, and out of that, a legend was born. The journey from Saint to Santa was a long one. From whychristmas.com, quote, In the 16th century in Northern Europe, after the Reformation, the stories and traditions about St. Nicholas became unpopular, but someone had to deliver presents to children at Christmas. Why not a benevolent old weirdo from the 4th century? Wait, sorry to interrupt. His stories about him giving to the poor and helping people became unpopular? Yeah. Oh my god. Santa's name varies from country to country. Many stick with the Father Christmas theme, as seen in the UK, where it's more secular, it's less religious. So there, on Christmas Eve, families hang stockings for Father Christmas to fill with goodies, sometimes leaving him a mince pie with a whiskey. Nice. Uh, pretty certain the old fart flies around hammered out of his gourd most of the night, then. It's a long shift. That's all, all night long. Yeah, but he's drinking and driving, Carol. But he's driving in the sky. He's the only one in the sky. Right. Well, except maybe the odd airplane. <laughs> Sticking with Father Christmas theme, the Spanish call him Papa Noel. He visits on Noche Buena. That's December 24th. Like Leaving gifts for children in the overnight hours, just like here in Canada in the U.S. Père Noel in France dresses, quote, in a white fur cloak with an attached hood which he typically wears pulled up over his head. So that's kind of nice. That, that is. sounds nice and cozy. Mm-hmm. And he travels via a reindeer-powered sleigh, just like Santa Claus here. So, I don't know, maybe he changes outfits as he goes from country to country. Why? It sounds like a cozy fur hoodie. That right? sounds comfy. There, also on Christmas Eve, he, quote, places goodies in children's slippers or shoes, which they leave out for him before going to bed on Christmas Eve, Rather than leaving milk for Santa to drink, French children are likely to pour him a glass of wine. Again with the drinks. I think Santa it might need an AA meeting. Maybe he doesn't drink them all. Maybe he's like a taster. He just tastes, has a little sip. I just don't know. like the judges, you know? When I left beer or whiskey or something out for Santa, which Santa requested apparently, <laughs> it was gone on Christmas morning. So mm. I don't think there was much tasting going on. I think there was a lot of... Maybe he was just taking a little sip and then pouring it down then. No. No, he wouldn't be wasteful. Santa was hammered. (laughs) Okay, drunk Santa. (laughs) There are stranger depictions too. In Finland, he's Julopuki, which translates to Christmas goat or Christmas buck or billy goat. I love goats. I love Christmas goats. Right? In China, he is Dunchi Lao Ren, which translated means old Christmas man. (laughs) Well, fair enough. That's exactly what he is. It's very literal. It's perfect. As well, he is called Lang Kung Kung, which means nice old father. Aw, sweet. The Japanese refer to him as Hoteyosho, yeah. where he is depicted as a Buddhist monk who behaves in many ways like Santa Claus, especially in that he has a big belly and goes from house to house, leaving toys for children. Japanese folklore says Hoteyosho and Santa Kurushu. <laughs> have eyes in the back of their heads so they can see how children are behaving. That's not creepy at all. No, that's a lot of pressure for little kids. You're always being watched. Surveillance. Santa surveillance. Yes, surveillance Santa. Around the globe, this warm and cozy holiday boasts some truly creepy traditions. 
Many find their roots in more pagan practices. Take the Christmas ghost story, for example, a longtime practice in many countries. From Smithsonian Magazine's website, the Christmas ghost story's, quote, origins have little to do with the kind of commercial Christmas we've celebrated since the Victorian age. They're about darker, older, more fundamental things, winter, death, rebirth, and the rapt connection between a teller and his or her audience, but they're packaged in the cozy trappings of the holiday. Aha, my favorite combination. The article goes on to say, Christmas, as celebrated in the U.S. and Europe, was originally connected to the pagan winter solstice celebration and the festival known as Yule. The darkest day of the year was seen by many as a time when the dead would have particularly good access to the living. Oh, I want to learn more about this. Right? Mm-hmm. It is very creepy, and it's kind of it like is. Halloween. when. The, yeah, I was just thinking that. The veil between the living and the dead is quite thin. And that's, yeah, like Day of the Dead as well. Exactly. Yeah. Probably the Christmas ghost story everyone is most familiar with has to be Dickens, A Christmas Carol. And I often refer to myself in my previous life's problems as Jacob Marley, Scrooge's long-dead partner dragging chains of guilt and misdeeds with him in the afterlife. But there are many others. An article on carterhowschool.com quotes a few Victorian tales worth noting. For example, from the gothic tale titled The Old Nurse's Story by Elizabeth Gaskell, written in 1852. I turned towards the long, narrow windows, and there, sure enough, I saw a little girl, less than my Miss Rosamond, dressed all unfit to be outdoors such a bitter night, crying and beating against the window panes as if she wanted to be let in. She seemed to sob and wail till Miss Rosamond could bear it no longer and was flying to the door to open it when all of a sudden, and close up upon us, the great organ pealed out so loud and thundering. It fairly made me tremble, and all the more when I remembered that, even in the stillness of that dead cold winter, I had heard no sound of little battering hands upon the window glass. Although the phantom child had seemed to put forth all its force, and although I had seen it wail and cry, no faintest touch of sound had fallen upon my ears. Whether I had remembered all this at the very moment, I do not know. The great organ sound had so stunned me into terror. But, this I know, I caught up Miss Rosamond before she got the hall door opened, and clutched her, and carried her away, kicking and screaming, into the bright kitchen, where Dorothy and Agnes were busy with their mince pies. Oh, my God. First, it's so sad, a phantom child. And then you can see it, so that's spooky. You You see it, but you can't hear it. So this nurse is watching this little girl, and they see a ghost. That's crazy. And, yeah. And the little girl wants to let the ghost into the house. Because she's wanting to let her in. She feels sad for her. Right? Yes. It's horrific. <laughs> it's a nightmare. I thought this was a Christmas. What's with the mince pies? That's part of Christmas. I guess so. So there's there's making of mince pies while there's ghosts in the house? See, this is the first I've heard of it. Okay. There's always mince pies, but I'm not used to the ghost situation around Christmas. Right. Algernon Blackwood writes, what a great name. Yeah. Writes in his 1908 story, The Kit Bag. It is difficult to say at what point fear begins when the causes of fear are not plainly before the eyes. Impressions gather on the surface of the mind, film by film, as ice gathers upon the surface of still water. 
but often so lightly that they claim no definite recognition from the consciousness. Then, a point is reached where the accumulated impressions become a definite emotion, and the mind realizes that something has happened. With something of a start, Johnson suddenly recognized that he felt nervous, oddly nervous. Also, that for some time past, the causes of this feeling had been gathering slowly in his mind, but that he had only just reached a point where he was forced to acknowledge them. I understand every word of this. I feel it. I love that kind of Victorian writing. And it's really interesting that he's using winter imagery to explain the icy film. Icy film. Yeah. And finally, from Bring Me a Light, written by (laughs) Jane Margaret Hooper in 1861, she paced to and fro, turning and returning with savage, stealthy quickness. The day waned and the night began. Her servant came to see if she were wanted and was sent away with haughty negative. She is busy with some wicked thought, murmured the old woman. (laughs) Some wicked thought. Know all about that. Yeah, you're always busy with wicked thought. What? Every time I look over and you're playing Animal Crossing, you're busy with wicked thought. No, I'm not. Yeah. It's happy thoughts. I'm in Animal Crossing, except when I'm doing getting balloons. Oh. Yeah. Before we get to Krampus, the star of the episode, I wanted to share some more creepy Christmas traditions that I found while researching. I was going to do a, like a whole episode on Krampus, but in a weird way, it was like, no, I kind of want to talk about all these different things because yeah. they're kind of fun. I had no idea about these. In Iceland... Over the 13 days leading up to Christmas, trolls, known as Jolasvinar, or Christmas boys or Yule lads, come visiting. From Ranker.com, quote, The purpose of these visits was always malevolent. There were 13 individual Yule lads with unique names and personalities. Each one performed a wicked task related to their specific persona, and they often stole food and resources that were important to survival. Uh, why did I think of Thunder Down Under, those ads we see when we go to Vegas? <laughs> the Yule Lads. Ooh. That's something way off. <laughs> okay, sorry. Steck Jarstar, Gil Jaguar, and Stufer were all said to steal milk from farm animals. Askaslicker allegedly licked up leftover food from pots. Bugnakriker took know. sausages. Cat Croker held a hook he used to steal meat. Hudraskeller would come and slam doors at night for the sole purposes of scaring sleeping children. Kurt Tasniker supposedly followed children to steal their candles and lanterns, leaving them alone in the dark. Oh, that's spooky. But I do appreciate the guy that licks up the food from the pots because that just saves you doing dishes. Or putting it in the freezer where it's going to stay for seven months. (laughs) Really, we're back to that again. Yeah. The Icelandic Yule Lads even had a creepy flesh-hungry cat that hung out with them from scarylittlechristmas.wordpress.com. Quote, The Yule Cat's prey consists of both children and adults. Unlike the others, this cat does not care about your misdeeds during the year. The only insurance against being torn apart and eaten by this giant feline is receiving an article of new clothing for Christmas. So shop wisely. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe this is an excuse that the parents told the children. This is why you're getting a pair of slacks. (laughs) You're getting slacks because we don't want the Yule cat to rip you to shreds. There you go. I think parenting must be difficult because so many cultural ways of kind of trying to keep them behaved is by 
spooky people watching them all the time. There are other non-Santa visitors who come around Christmas time. Some of them travel with old St. Nick himself. There are angels in Belgium, Germany, Poland, Ukraine, and Austria. He rides a donkey in France, Belgium, Luxembourg, and Switzerland. In Germany, Ruprecht is St. Nicholas' most familiar attendant from stnicholascenter.com. Quote, he is a servant and helper whose face is sooty from going down chimneys, leaving children's treats. He carries the sack of presents and a rod for disobedient children. Ow. Just wait until Ruprecht comes is a common threat in German homes. Oh, no. In the Netherlands, there's Zwarte Piet, or Black Peter, a problematic character often pictured in racist blackface. From St. Nicholas Center, quote, he rides on a white horse over the rooftops with Sinterklaas, listens down chimneys to check children's behavior, and delivers gifts. I feel uncomfortable with this one. Yeah, it's not a good one. No. Again, from St. Nicholas Center, Père Fouettard is found in France and Luxembourg, where he's known as Hausecker. He is the evil butcher who was forever condemned to follow St. Nicholas's punishment for luring little lost children into his shop. His name doesn't translate well, but means... Mr. Boogeyman, spanking or switches. Oh, no. The evil butcher. This is very not good. No. Yeah, some people like spankings, but I'm sure sexy times are not the intent behind this legend. I don't think so. No. No, this is very creepy. This is, yeah. Uh, St. Nicholas Center goes on to mention Schmutzli, (laughs) who happens to be the favorite name that I got to write this time because, eh, you know, my Jewish I love that word. Hey, you got schmutz on your shirt. You got schmutz. So Schmutzli, who is nearly all brown, dressed in brown, with brown hair and beard, and a face darkened with lard and soot, is St. Nicholas' helper in Switzerland. He carries a switch and a sack, but no longer uses them. Oh, good. Children used to be told that Schmutzli would beat naughty children with the switch and carry them off in the sack and gobble them up in the woods. Interesting. This leads us to Krampus. He is by far... The most horrifying and interesting Santa Claus companion. So what Schmutzli did sounds a lot like Krampus. Okay, I'm ready for this. While St. Nicholas brings joy, love, and laughter, Krampus brings only pain, fear, and tears. Like Santa himself, many believe Krampus is a myth. It is said that his existence was cooked up by parents trying to rein in unruly brats, but there's more to it than that. Krampus, dear listeners like Bigfoot and Santa Claus, is real. Very real. He belongs in a cryptid encyclopedia and not in books of fiction. Before we learn about Krampus, we will take a break right here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. So how much do you know about Krampus, Carol? Zero. Just that one horror movie we went and saw with Heather that one time. Yeah. About Krampus. That's about it. According to mentalfloss.com, quote, In Austria and across the German-speaking Alpine region, the demonic character is a crucial part of the holiday season. He's a devilish figure 
with long horns and a goatee beard, much like typical portrayals of Satan. You might see him posed harmlessly on a greeting card or reproduced in chocolates or figurines. You might also encounter a procession of Krampuses stalking through the town, laden with bells and chains, intimidating onlookers, or whipping them with bundles of sticks. I want to go to Germany for Christmas just to see all this. It would be fun. Oh, man. From thevintagenews.com. There are many origin stories behind Krampus whose name is derived from the German word Krampen, meaning claw. According to one of them, Krampus is said to be the son of hell in Norse mythology. Others trace him back to demonic creatures in Greek mythology, pagan rituals, the goddess Percha, or Satan himself. End quote. Krampus, though, is not just a European phenomenon. No, he has been seen right here in North America, and sightings of him are increasing in frequency, especially this year. As many of Canada's citizens have been locked down during the COVID-19 pandemic, Krampus has been able to roam more freely here than ever before, but only makes himself known at Christmas time. We need to keep an eye out. You have to keep your eyes peeled for Krampus right now. Okay. It is believed that the creature we now call Krampus has been around longer than people and has made an appearance in some of our earliest known literature. According to Krampus.com, where we discovered the most accurate timeline of the creature, he is first mentioned in one of humanity's oldest known stories, the Epic of Gilgamesh, written around 1800 before current era. There he is a wild man called Enkidu from Britannica.com. Quote, In the Epic of Gilgamesh, Enkidu is a wild man created by the god Anu. After Gilgamesh defeats him, the two become friends. In some versions, Enkidu becomes Gilgamesh's servant. He aids Gilgamesh in killing the divine bull sent by the goddess Ishtar to destroy them. So it sounds like maybe... Gilgamesh is Santa Claus as well. Ooh. Very interesting. Very cool. Krampus next began appearing during the pagan celebration of Saturnalia, which took place in ancient Rome. As the actual birth of Jesus, the J word again, was supposed to have taken place at some point in summer, it's believed that rather than move the holidays around, the new Christian religion moved their celebration to coincide with the pagan ones already in place. Christmas owes a lot of its tradition to Saturnalia. From the companion.in, quote, a week stretching from December 17th to December 25th, Saturnalia could be identified with downright lawlessness and havoc around the streets. The period brought with it rules which spoke up to break rules. Roman courts remained closed and law dictated, quote, no penalty for any crime, from property damage to murders from brutality and inhumane behavior to destruction as found in historical texts. Also, it is believed that the prime Roman authorities chose an enemy of the people whom they represented as Lord of Misrule. Whoa. It sounds like the purge during Christmas time, which I do not support. Christmas purge. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why they got the idea for the purge from Saturnalia. It sounds just like it. Yeah. Along with Chemosh, believed to be an early incarnation of Santa Claus, came Krampus from the companion. Quote, Chemosh was a pagan idol and god of prosperity. He has been represented as a huge deity seated on his throne made of cast iron. He has a huge belly and hands that come out extended as though they want something. Historical texts support a characteristic associated with this idol. People used to make a list of the things that they wish to have. Sounds interesting. Sounds familiar? Yeah. 
Chemosh would then be heated up and often children and babies given to it with a hope to receive things on the list. No, that's horrible. Here, I'll trade you this child for a new car. Well, there's a lot of them around, I guess. <laughs> Just terrible, no. right? It's a what a horrible thing. According to scarylittlechristmas.wordpress.com, Krampus carries with him a sack to stuff naughty children into. As well, the original rod of punishment. The rod is hazelwood and is believed to hold magical powers. It can ward off evil spirits, the devil, and protect one from lightning. There's even a legend associated with Mary and the infant Jesus taking refuge under a hazel bush during a violent thunderstorm. Other legends depict witches beating lakes with a hazel rod in an effort to create thunder clouds which materialize overhead to do their bidding. I'm going to try that one. (laughs) Going to go beat a lake with a hazel rod? Yeah, exactly. I want something to do my bidding. It's rumored that after his rounds uh, with Santa, Krampus takes the offending children home in a wicker basket and makes soup of their bones after feasting on their tender flesh. No. That yummy, buttery baby body. (laughs) Stop it. You don't eat children ever. You don't eat children at Christmas. Someone asked me one time why we don't have children. And they said, do you not like them? And I said, well, I like children just fine. I just can never seem to finish a whole one. Thanks, Dad. Dad jokes. We really do think that if you happen to see Krampus, you should avoid making any kind of contact with the creature, especially eye contact. Don't make eye contact with Krampus. It could be bad for you. Just quietly step back. Yeah. We want to share with you how to determine whether the horrific thing you see possibly taking a dump on your Christmas tree (gasps) is actually Krampus and not some other evil demon. Krampus will have a long and curly goat horns, often black in color, right? Right. Makes, makes sense. It makes sense. Krampus will have fur that is coarse and black. Okay. This sounds like our cat. I know. So I was far. just thinking, but he doesn't have horns. They would poop under the Christmas tree, though. They threw up under the tree already once. Krampus will have a pointy nose and large bulging eyes, sometimes glowing red, depending on his mood. The hungrier and more foul he's feeling, the redder his <laughs> eyes become. I understand that part. <laughs> Krampus' tongue is at least nine inches long and protrudes from his mouth, full of razor-sharp teeth in a horrendous blep. Help. No. Next. Well, I mean... Gene Simmons much. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking about when I was writing this, is Gene Simmons. But with the razor blades? Come on. Krampus has one human-looking foot with awful dirty toenails that are sort of claw-shaped, and his other foot is a black cloven hoof. What? Yep. Gross. Krampus is known to carry chains and bells, and he rattles them to and fro for dramatic effect. So you'll know it's Krampus. You'll by hear the him. Bell. Yeah, you'll hear him coming. Krampus smells awful. There is, of course, the sulfury smell known to accompany all demons, as though they had a farty and sour <laughs> stomach after eating a blooming onion at the Outback Steakhouse in Las Vegas. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know the smell specifically. Don't ask me either. Yeah, Carol had to endure it. (laughs) Also Vegas, yay. Yeah, Vegas. Miss you, Vegas. But Krampus also smells like rotting eggnog and turkey dinner that's gone off. No. So left out, you know, yeah, it's not good. Just left up in the garbage bin and then you lift up the lid and you just get a big waft. Yeah, not good. His voice is raspy, mostly because he smokes unfiltered camel cigarettes. 
So he smokes too. So kids, on top of everything else, he's a smoker. Don't terrible. smoke it. Don't smoke. Smells like an ashtray. I used to smoke. It's terrible. Me too. But the best way to tell if you are witnessing Krampus or not is if you ask him his favorite Christmas carols. They are Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time and Wham's Last Christmas. <laughs> These always give him away. He cannot lie about this. And they are terrible, terrible songs that only Krampus enjoys. <laughs> I actually love Wham's Last Christmas. So, uh, But the uh, Paul McCartney one, hard no. Hard no for that? Yes, hard no. There are lots of ways of preventing a Krampus encounter before <laughs> it happens. But the best one is to ensure that you're a good egg and not a bad apple. Krampus will always come to a bad apple's home. Only you can prevent a Krampus encounter. That's right. So we hope that you don't ever meet Krampus, but if you do, good luck. Your best bet to stay safe and survive the encounter is to satiate him with a favorite treat, depending on the country in which you see him. If he is full enough after you give it to him, he will leave you unharmed. Here in Canada, Krampus is said to prefer butter tarts. And I think Carol should ensure we have a large cache of butter tarts on hand just in case we have a Krampus encounter. I guess we can't give him all those bits and bites. No, but what I'm telling you is that we should have a large cache of butter tarts on hand. Just in case? Just in case. Just in case. Okay, the pressure's on now. I have to figure out how to make butter tarts. I've never made them, but well, my grandma makes them. We we can't have a Krampus encounter. I know. It's That's irresponsible only, not to have It's only smart tarts. to have butter tarts. Finally, I've gotten through. <sighs> With raisins, without. Oh, definitely without. Okay. None of those raisins. They look like little rabbit turds. Speaking of rabbits, we need to have a discussion after that. Now, raisin bread, delicious. No. So before we go on our two-week break, there's one more thing I wanted to do. I have always wanted to make a recording of this poem, and it's called A Visit from St. Nicholas by Clement Clark Moore. And most people know it as The Night Before Christmas. Yay! What do you think, Carol? Should, should we do that? Yes! Okay, it is a little creepy having, having some dude land on your roof with his flying reindeer and then coming down your chimney and leaving the same way. But he's doing it for good. Is he? What, he just likes to just creep around people's houses? Yeah. No, he doesn't. I'm he likes sure. to leave presents, but then he does snoop around just because it's available to him. Yeah, well. He takes advantage a little bit. Here goes. All right. I want to read this. "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed, to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave luster of midday to the objects below, when what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name, now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, 
to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they met with an obstacle mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in the twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, as the beard on his chin was white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, and then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Oh, that was lovely. I love that poem. That is such a good poem. I love the the little smoke around his head like a wreath. And that's it for this year's Christmas tale. And I'm really looking forward to the holiday this year. And uh, we've been doing tons of Christmas shopping. At least I have. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. I'm going to go get some groceries for the old uh, turkey dinner. Yep. Yep. And I guess butter tarts now. <laughs> yeah. It's the responsible thing to do. So we know that Christmas time is a tough time for lots of folks. Just so you know, we're going to be around. We'll be in the Umber Yard. We'll be uh, in all the different Facebook groups and those kind of things. Uh, there will be a lot of people probably just chatting there and doing their thing. So if you haven't joined the Umber Yard, that's probably a good idea. If you're feeling lonely, you want to just come hang out with some some really good eggs, that's mm-hmm. the place to do it. Yeah, we'll be playing Animal Crossing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the Dark Poutine Games Room, that's another one of our Facebook groups, and we... We play games and stuff. So if you get a new gaming console for Christmas. Like a PS5. Which is almost impossible to get. Come on over to the Dark Poutine Games Room on Facebook and join us. We are more than happy to have you. And people are posting lots of stuff in the... uh, The Yum Yum Bus? The Yum Yum Bus about... So much good Christmas baking. Christmas baking and those kind of things. So, I mean, we're plugging our Facebook groups. Come on. But still... We want you to come and be a part of our community because we love it. We just love that we have built such a positive thing there. Yeah. And there's also a lady from Sweden named Millie Bananas, and she sings a Christmas song. I think they're Christmas. She's singing in Swedish. I don't know. (laughs) Every single day. It's so nice. Yeah. So if you see that, listen to that. She has a pretty voice. It's so nice. So there you go. That's it for... uh, 2020. 2020. Yeah. Christmas. Oh my gosh. Christmas is in the bag, which means that uh, the calendar is soon going to flip. That's right. I'm Time ready. I'm ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. 
2020 has been a heck of a year. Yeah, it's going to be a weird one this year for lots of people. So I know in the UK, they're having an extra strict lockdown. So mm-hmm. Yeah, they just announced another lockdown in Italy over Christmas mm-hmm. and New Year's, which is sad because it's a very important holiday to a lot of people globally. And um, you can't celebrate it for reasons of very serious reasons. Pandemic Christmas. Yeah. All right, I guess it's time for voicemails. If you want to leave us one, you can at one 327 5786 or one 877 And if your call stands out, you might hear it on the show. So let's have a listen. Did anybody give us any love as far as uh, voicemails this week? It looks like we might have had a couple. Oh, nice. So let us see here. Uh... Hi, Mike. Hi, Carol. It's Alex. Alex Pick from Chilliwack. I was wondering if you guys have ever considered um, doing an episode on the Mennonites and, like, kind of their journey from Russia to Canada, seeing if Canada was kind of a safe haven for them and being that, you know, the Fraser Valley, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, those were all, all kind of Mennonite communities. And yeah, I was wondering if you ever thought about considering doing a story on them. I could I could possibly even give you some information. Um, I know personally in my family, you know, there's stories of, you know, executions and arrests and death. And yeah, be kind of interesting, uh, an interesting thought if you want to consider it. Uh, you know where to reach me if you have any questions or comments or concerns. And thanks and have a good day. Bye. That is some interesting stuff that I had not considered. Yeah, I think that should be considered if you want my opinion. I know you do the writing and stuff, but um, definitely that's uh, there's dark history component there for sure. Hmm. Well, I will talk to you more about that, Alex, because like I said, or because it does really sound like something that might be compelling. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. Uh, let's go back into the vaults a little ways and see this one is from last month so hmm. my name is elena from um that is eleanor actually from the montreal in quebec and um i'm actually just walking around my boyfriend's hometown at night and it's pretty scary and like listening to you guys talk about them uh, homicide or sleepwalker so yeah just wanted to say that and I uh, love your show uh, I pretty much spend uh, two hours a day listening and if it's not more actually and I was wondering if you would like to cover actually there's a few cases but um, first uh, Cédrica Provenci which is an eight-year-old girl I think she was eight um that went missing and they just found um her bones like a few years ago and it it, it had been like many many years since he had vanished and um the attack in quebec city uh the sword attack in quebec city i would like i was wondering if you if you want to cover that um i'm sorry this is quite long actually um, but thank you really much for the show and um, really much, very much, sorry, English my second language. And yeah, so I wish I could go to CrimeCon 
uh, when stuff's going to be back to normal. And um, yeah, so have a great night. Uh, I hope I get killed tonight, actually. And uh, yeah, love your show. Thank you. Well, that was interesting. And honestly, her accent is lovely. I could listen to her speak all day. But it didn't sound like a very Quebecois accent. No, it's very British. Yeah, maybe. and she said English is, le- in English is a second language. So nicely done. Or I doubt that that's the case. I doubt no, that. she's speaking French too in there. Oh yeah, I think French her first language, English is her second. With a British accent. Yeah. Kind of amazing. I'm believing this whole thing. We are considering more recent cases too, and the ones that you mentioned are very fascinating. So. Yeah. Those are on the list now, I would imagine. Please, please, please leave us a voicemail at one eight seven seven three two seven five seven eight six or one eight seven seven D A R K P T N. We'd really like to hear from you and we will play it on the show if it stands out. And that there's not a lot of pressure there. It doesn't take much for your call to stand out, just so you know. <laughs> So don't put a lot of pressure on yourself when you call. Yeah, just, just call and have, have a brief conversation with us, maybe a minute, minute and a half, and uh, we, will, we will listen to it. We do listen to them all. We listen to all of them. Yeah. Anyway. Because uh, I'm nosy. Because <laughs> Carol's nosy. That's it. We're on to Patreon. Okay, our first patron is Brayden A. Meyer, and he's from Port Colburn, Ontario. Nice. Thanks, Braden. And what does Braden do with himself there in Port Colburn, Ontario? He is a teddy bear surgeon. He's a surgeon for teddy bears? Yes. Teddy bears need surgeons too. They demand very specific so, medical attention. So if they get like a little cut? Yes. Or, uh, yeah. He's a he's an expert suture. Need more stuffing? He can also, yeah, he can also do internal medicine for teddy bears too. Oh, wow. I know. He's very smart. I hear very it's very talented. complex. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, good on you, Braden. And Thanks, thank Braden. You, thank you. Next up, we have Blake Wilson. And I don't know where Blake is from. Blake is from Honolulu. He's from Honolulu. I know. Lucky duck. Wow. Poinsettias at Christmas. Yeah. Sandy beaches. Sounds nice. Spam. Boo, 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 boo. So what does Blake do there in Honolulu? Strangely enough, he is um, an ice rink hand holder. Is that somebody who like helps people skate? Exactly. Oh, wow. I, I guess know. That. He's taking a break during the pandemic. I know it's closed down, but he's getting ready for those indoor skating rink uh, hand holding positions. Well, good for him. He's a professional skater. Yeah. In Honolulu. I know. He found a real niche there. That is amazing. I'm I'm not aware of many skating rinks in uh, in Honolulu, but they uh, do have them. They're indoor. Are you sure? Yes, they are indoor. They would have to be. They would have to be. I know because they have them in Saudi Arabia. Indoor skating rinks. Oh, there you go. Hmm. Yeah, an indoor skating rink. Yes, that's fun. It is fun. Always wear a helmet. Safety Always first. wear a helmet. Next up, we have Scott Gamash, and Scott is from Carol's hometown, Calgary, Alberta. Woohoo! Party on, Stampede, Scott. And what does Scott Gamash do there in Cowtown? He's a warden of the swans. A warden of the swans? Yes. He has a swan farm. He takes care of them, makes sure they're okay. He wow. also collects the eggs. 
Swan eggs. Swan eggs, yeah. Are, are swan eggs yummy? I'm, I believe they are, and I believe he also exports them to various countries who find swan eggs a delicacy. Oh, that's kind of sad. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> what, I don't, like chicken eggs? I don't. But swan eggs. I'm good with eating a chicken because they're not so pretty. How about an ostrich egg? No, I don't think I could eat an ostrich. Either. It's huge. It's massive. Yeah, that would be scrambled eggs for five, probably. Okay, so you know what he exports? The golden eggs. Oh, okay. They're golden just solid gold. Eggs. Nobody gets injured. I hear they're quite common. Very lucrative. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our donut money donors. And first we have, drum roll please, <laughs> Courtney Palmer. Courtney. There you go. Merry Christmas, Mike and Carol. Enjoy your time off. You've been so busy this year and more than, and more than deserve a little break. Thank you for helping me through 2020, and thank you to the Yumberyard 2 for helping me through a rough week this past week. Love you guys. Heart. Courtney Palmer. Wow. Oh, Courtney, thank you. We uh, See, that's what we were talking about earlier. That's what the Yumberyard does a lot. We are just kind folks in there, and yeah. I really, really dig that. That does sound like Yumberyard material, doesn't it? It does. Here's one from Irene Briand. Our friend Irene is back with another donation. Come on, Irene. Exactly. She's always good for one. Nice, Irene. Thank you. Irene says, Merry Christmas, Mike and Carol. It may not be voodoo donuts, but it's a Canadian classic just like you. Aw, shucks. Love the podcast. Been listening since episode one, and you've helped me through a very hard time when my mental illness treatment made me unable to care for my beloved son and daughter who both have autism spectrum disorder. Mm. I had to move away to my parents' place my sister became their guardian and moved in with them. I got to visit them in my old home until the pandemic. Then they moved in with my parents and me so I could teach them at home, April to September. Then I stayed for 10 days with them and haven't seen them since now. And we're in lockdown and I'm alone for Christmas. Oh, my heart is breaking. Oh. I'm really looking forward to your Christmas episode to lift my spirits. Love you. Blessed 2021, Irene. Oh, Irene. Irene. We just love you to bits, Irene. And yeah. you've supported the show for so long. And we really, really appreciate that support. And we're hoping that uh, the pandemic lifts or the pandemic is over soon and all the lockdowns lift and you can go be with your family like you, you really get want. Get the it. vaccine so everybody can just hang out together again. Yeah. Next up, we have a donation from Delaney. Banduziak. She says, Hey Mike and Carol, love listening to the podcast. You guys are very caring and compassionate to the victims and families involved in the stories you cover, and I appreciate that. I am also an animal lovers like yourselves, and I'm sending you donut money for kitty treats. Merry Christmas, Delaney. Hey, well, nice. Well, there you go. So Oscar and Donner, thank you very much. They will enjoy the catnip, and I'll find some other treats for them too. Exactly. Thank you. Dakota Harrington just says, happy holidays, heart. Oh, Dakota, way to get right to the point. I'm with you. You have happy holidays too. We really appreciate that. And Harry Sims feels bad because... Uh, he shouldn't. He Well, apparently there was an issue with his credit card or something. And uh, he, wasn't, he missed two months of patron support. So here he is making up for it, which is crazy. You don't have to do that, You don't Harry. have to make up for a darn thing, Harry. No, you're a lovely man. 
He says, Mike and Carol, sorry about missing two months of Patreon support. Here's a little bit of money to make up for it and some candy canes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love you guys. Harry, P.S. Take a steamy in your beanie. <laughs> nice. That is a nice take on that. I'm going to. Well. No photos needed. Yeah, no photos needed of steamies and beanies. <laughs> Ah, uh, excellent use of the word steamy. That is revolting. <laughs> but fun at the it's same time. It's a delight. Well, thank you, Harry, for oh, for the delight, <laughs> delightful imagery. <laughs> I just picture it just sort of dropping out and just not making it quite into whole into the beanie <laughs> and just sort of slowly. It's a coiler with a whip tip right in the beanie. I imagine it perfectly in the center. Oh, dear. Thanks so much. And we love you folks so much. Uh, thank you to all our patrons and Donut Money donors, past and present, for your help to keep us doing what we do. If you want to help keep us going, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash darkpoutine, or you can make a one-time donation at PayPal using our email address, darkpoutinepodcast at gmail.com. If you don't already subscribe to the show, it would mean a lot to us if you did. You can easily find us on iTunes, Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you get your on-demand audio. Check out darkpoutine.com for show notes and other cool stuff, including our swag store. Please take the time to give Dark Poutine a like or a follow on Facebook and Instagram. Most importantly, thank you for listening and tell your friends about us. Word of mouth is a powerful thing. Until next week, or until the new year, when we return in two weeks, don't forget to be a good egg and not a bad apple. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. See you in 2021. Happy holidays. Happy Have Kwanzaa. Have a good whatever you celebrate. Whatever enjoy. you celebrate. Or even if you it. don't, just enjoy. Yeah, just enjoy. Just be good to each other. Take it easy. Bye. Showcase. They call me the Christchurch Carver. Based on the international bestseller. Does trademark souvenir. Can't stop thinking about the apple. Usually he eats it. I've got a copycat on my hands. I know who you are, Joe. I know what you do. You have two days to find a copycat. This is way harder to make sense of when you didn't do it. 
Dark City, The Cleaner, all new Wednesdays on Showcase. Stream on Stack TV.